this movie was having trouble getting distribution. And so she called an acquaintance of hers to help them get distribution. And that was Tom Cruise. I knew it. I knew it was going to be Tom Cruise. I was like, <laughs> who's it going to be Tom Cruise? I should have said it. Fuck. So he apparently <laughs> attended a screening. I knew it was of- going to be Tom Cruise. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke and Barrels. So this month we are going to do four Guy Ritchie movies. Um, this being his his debut. We're doing them chronologically. And I was remembering back when I watched this. And so I watched this on DVD or Blu-ray. Like... Way after it came out, I think when I was in like law school, college or law school, and I watched it after a night of like, I just didn't go to sleep the night before, not like partying or anything, just like never slept. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my memory of it was definitely hazy, but I had seen it before. Um, and watching it this time, I feel very similarly to like Quentin Tarantino in that it's a really great first film, but by and large, I like almost everything after it more. Like after this, we're going to do Snatch. And I think that's like a perfect comparison with like Lock, Stock and Snatch to Reservoir Dogs and then Pulp Fiction. Um, I think you'll like Snatch like a lot better too. Um, like where where he has like an idea or like a, his his um, no. skills, skill set. Yeah, it just it gets better. It's just like it's like a much smaller I it's like a much smaller scale movie. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Why did you say no? You you started saying he has an idea. No, I was saying an idea of his and I was trying to find the word like um aesthetic and then kind of like um polished it up a bit for the second one. Well, he's given a lot more like money to do it and yeah, he's just got kind of the notoriety. This movie, I don't know if you realize this, so this is Jason Statham's first movie. Right. Um, Vinnie Jones, who plays Big Chris, is a professional soccer player before this, who was like, apparently did this movie while he was like banned from playing is what I read. So like, I think I read somewhere that like 17 out of the 40 something speaking parts were from people who had never acted before. Right. That, that's, and then, that's interesting. Yeah, because now like Jason Statham is is uh, a well-known actor, but so is uh, so is the ex soccer player. See, see, Vinny, him in a bunch yeah, of Vinny. Um, and like in the next movie in Snatch, he gets Brad Pitt. Right. So it's like. Kind of a very similar thing, although Quentin with Reservoir Dogs, I mean, I, I guess I don't remember like if those are all bigger names, they were definitely like known actors then. But it's just I don't know. It's very similar. I uh, really enjoyed watching this this time. It's an interesting movie to talk about because like, I think the plot is so linear in that like you can sign it, you can kind of see everything being telegraphed to set up the end. Yep. Um, But it's also just like a very fun movie to watch with like the kind of the banter and the like the British slang throughout. Um, Alon, what did you think? So... I went in it and I was um, 
I'm I'm looking after my niece this week, so having like not a lot of time to myself <laughs> watching movies. Uh I I know what it's like with you having having kids. Your um, hair looks very disheveled today. I was like, "Oh man, <laughs> it's really parenthood's really hitting him this week." I just got out of the pool, okay? <laughs> you cut me some slack. Um no, but but so I haven't had much time to myself. Um and the first couple nights we had her we put her down super late. So um, I was kind of trying to fit it in before bed, started it at 11 and it got maybe like 30, 40 minutes in. And basically I was like, I got to I got to watch this a, a, another time. And then when I rewatched it, um, I just restarted the movie instead of starting it from the 40 minute point. Right. And so I just restarted the movie and I'm glad I did because there were so many things that I missed, like half paying attention to it. But like you said, it's this huge buildup at the end, but they start laying down the pieces in the very beginning. So. um, So, yeah, if you like really pay attention to the movie from the get go, you see that they're starting that they're setting up stuff that's going to play out, you know, uh, an hour later, which I think is, which I think is really cool. And yeah, I mean, I, I, we were talking about how many Guy Ritchie films I watched before this and it's not, not many. Yeah. You said Aladdin and then you think you've seen all of man from uncle, but you're not sure. No, I've definitely seen man from uncle, um, and Aladdin, I don't know. You when we talked, we talked about it on this pod. So anyone who listened to that part of it, you're like, I kind of remember. Unless we cut that out, but I remember there was a car chase and there was a wall and. <laughs> well, it's because it was just so long ago. I saw it in theaters when it first came out. I don't know what was that 2011. No, that one must have been like 2017 or something. It came out in 2015. So close. Um. Yeah, so so what, seven years, eight years ago? So, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think those are the only two, even though I've heard of him and a lot of his films. I just haven't really sat down and watched them, which you kind of... Well, it's funny because I don't now. think Al- Aladdin is not like... It's not really what you go to when you're trying to watch a Guy Ritchie film. I think Man from Uncle... And Man from Uncle is also fairly different it's kind of a james bond so for this month we're doing lock stock we're doing snatch we're doing rock and rollo which is one of my favorite and probably like that almost might have been my entry point into guy Ritchie movies was rock and rolla and then we're doing his latest one or it was his latest one up until like just a little while ago because he just had two come out ruse de guerre um something fortune and then um the covenant that just came out so um I'm excited to do all of those. I think let's just start from the top of this. And I, you were saying that the first time you watched this, you watched like 30 minutes, but I thought you told me that you're like, oh yeah, I started last night, but I didn't get very far. And I was like, well, where'd you get to? And you're like, where they were throwing all the jewelry as they're running down the stairs. And I was like, that's three minutes into the movie, like max. <laughs> um, I think, I think, okay. So, so here's the t- actual timeline of the thing, right? Um, the first night I attempted to watch it, it was like literally two minutes into it. 
Then when I went to go watch it again, I got 30 minutes into it and then restarted it from that point. I watched it with Taylor, actually, when I restarted it. And then we got halfway through that movie. And then the next night we finished the movie. So, nice. yeah, that was like four separate watches. That's like times. me. Now you now you get it, though, right? Like as a parent for this week, you get no, the- <laughs> I don't. No, 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 no. I don't because the the initial one, yes, sure. But I would have just watched it all the way through. But Taylor's the one who wanted to like finish it halfway because she was sleepy. I don't get you guys being sleepy and shit, but whatever. Probably I would imagine because she's the one primary primarily taking care of your niece right now as you get to sleep in. Oh, I wish that was true. But who gets up three times in the middle of the night to take her pee so I don't have to wash the sheets in the morning? This guy. So the movie opens with just this little scene of them selling kind of fake goods on the street. And you have Eddie being the guy who like pretends to not know him is like, oh, that's a great deal on like necklaces or whatever. I love like the kind of the lines from Jason Statham. But one of my favorites that I caught. So I started this movie and I watched like 30 minutes of it. And then I realized it was like, oh, wait, we're not recording for like 10 days. So then I just stopped and then I started over like a couple days before we were recording. Uh, but one of the when the second time when I started again, one of the lines that I really liked is he's talking. He says to this one lady, don't stand there like one o'clock and half past, which like visually is just her kind of like bending over, like hawking at everything, like just looking at it, but like not buying. He's like, get in here and you know, give me your money. And I, I love too like the voiceover. And I think this will pay off in the next film. But the vo- the guy that does the voiceover in this movie is the guy that works at Eddie's dad's bar. Oh, okay. And he is also the main antagonist bad guy in Snatch, from what I remember. What's his name? In this movie, he's named Alan or narrator. I don't think we hear his name, but he is Alan Ford, and he's going to be, like the as I just said, the main bad guy in Snatch. And he's really great in that. So is Snatch a sequel to this? No, it's just, it's just a Guy Ritchie type movie. So it's like a very similar setup. Like literally all four we're going to do are going to be very similar. But like the story is different, but kind of the world um, is all much very like this kind of UK underground. They probably all take place in London. When you first brought up that we're going to do this and you brought up this movie, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, I asked you if this was a sequel because I really thought there was a movie called Lock, Lock, Stock, and a Smoking Barrel. <laughs> and then, and then, like, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels was the sequel. Uh, but there is no such thing, uh, such movie as Lock, Stock, and Smoking, and a Smoking Barrel. Um, and, and I, you know, it's funny because have you ever heard of the, the, the movie, um, The Whole Nine Yards? Yeah. You know, there's a sequel to that movie called The Whole Ten Yards? I do, yes. Okay, I thought that was kind of what they were doing here, but not at all, because because there is no existing movie. So I I also like how um, the guy kind of says the title of the movie. He's like lock stock, the whole fucking thing talking about Sting's bar, which, by the way, Sting is in this and actually is like pretty great in his little part. Oh, Sting is the dad. Uh, Yeah. See now that you say that, that I connect it, but I did not, I did not catch that. Um, That's funny. What's funny too is I was kind of thinking like, why is this called Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels? And then he says it like you say, he says Lock, Stock, and the whole fucking thing. 
in the in the movie. I was like, well, where does the two smoking barrels come from? And I go, oh, the two antique guns are the two smoking barrels. I get it now. Right. Uh, there's this other thing, too, that I just noticed today. I guess this is a thing that Guy Ritchie likes to do. But there was a lock. There's a show called Lock Stock, which is basically a TV series based off of this movie. Then there was a TV show that was done by Crackle called Snatch. That starred Rupert Grint, who was Ron Weasley in Harry Potter. Yep. And now he's doing the Gentleman TV series, which is starring Theo James, which I'm actually super fucking excited for. Um, but just like he's willing to like sell off his he's like, there's no like, oh, this is this is sacred ground that can't be touched. He's like, no, yeah, you can make a TV show out of this. That's fine. Oh, you're you're thinking that that like Guy Ritchie sits on a higher plane where he's like not a sellout. He did Aladdin, dude, for Disney. Yeah, Ashley was just talking today about how much she didn't like that movie. I thought it was fine, but like I think all those live actions like. But it's kind of a best. gimmick. It's kind of a gimmick from Guy Ritchie doing that like fast slow motion speed up thing, right? But yeah, it wasn't really introduced in his beginning work so when when did that become like oh that's a guy Ritchie move uh i mean it'd probably be in snatch i haven't seen snatch in years but i would imagine that's where it's going to be snatch is really great i can't wait to do we should get back to this movie but snatch is really great mostly because of like brad pitt's performance is so amazing in it um but so let's get back to it um the main setup of this movie is these four guys are getting money together so that their friend eddie who is just amazing at cards can get in a card game with a guy named Hatchet Harry. Just like as a as a FYI, like don't play poker against a guy named Hatchet Harry, which is really funny because they talk about how he beat a guy to death with a black dildo later on in the movie. Right. And then at, at the very end, when they go into his office, it says like Harry, whatever, the porn king. Yeah. And I like didn't catch that throughout. They're like, oh, this that's what this guy does because they never he, like he runs a sex shop. I guess yeah, that part of it. I I Harry like sex I, shop. There's so many small details though, but I like how it's like driven home at the very end, right? Like that is you know what I mean. Like it's not integral to the plot, but I like seeing it at the end because they definitely honed in on it on the door so you could see it. The the end is my favorite part of the movie and I can't wait till we get there because I really want to break down exactly and it it man it's so good I think um, from the from the point all of them are going to the four guys flat like the well, yeah, Rory and uh, yeah. Big Chris and Dog and his group are already there I think from that point on is like the best part of the movie to me well because the the weed growers know what um the people who rob them look like, and it just mm-hmm. so happens to be kind of like the the same. Yeah, I know you want to break it down, guys. It, so it, it's so great. Anyways, um, so so yeah, so as you were explaining, they're getting together twenty five. There's four of them. They're getting together twenty five grand each, so that their friend Eddie, who's amazing at poker, can beat Hatchet Harry in poker and win a bunch of money. Um, I think they're looking for like twenty thousand dollars. 25 a piece uh, 20 no 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 it's 25 a piece but it's 20,000 gained back right so they're gonna each get their 25 back plus another 20 grand on top of that so they're looking for a 20 grand return each um and eddie is pretty confident he can get it but uh this all this setup to to oh 
I I was talking to you about like this this thing that they established in the beginning and where does it pay off in the end? The man on fire running out of the bar, how that like plays and oh in that's the right end, yeah I th- I thought that was great. Yeah, when he explains, yeah, when they explain what he did to that one guy, that is, yeah, that's actually really funny. And yeah, that, this movie definitely, I didn't have time to do it, but would definitely reward like a second watch. Um, I also, so right before we go to the poker game, a bunch of more establishing stuff, we go to kind of the shitty apartment that Bacon and Eddie live in, uh, Jason Statham and uh, Nick Moran. And they, they're like, oh, we always, we have these neighbors that we can always hear. And they're like, I guess just thieves. It looks like they have this reputable shop or whatever, but they just steal shit from people. Like I couldn't even figure out, I guess they're loan sharks. Maybe I don't know what dog actually does for his legitimate part of his business. If there is such a thing, it's kind of funny, right? Because they live on like one side of the flat and dog and his crew live on the other side of the flat. And there's like a, a cab service that's in the middle. No, it's not. I think, I think it might be on the other side because the dog actually like throws the plank guy through the wall and he's able to see all the cash that got stolen. Uh, Cause at the, at the beginning, Jason Statham opens, you're right though. Like basically this was like a flat that was divided in two because Jason Statham opens this door yeah. and then there's just a brick wall that was built. And I was like, why does that make sense? But it's like, Oh, cause it was kind of cut in half. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. And then we get the weed growers, which like have a cage at their front door that never, they don't ever use, which is, it's funny. It's very telegraphed. But then the way it's used when it actually gets to it is very smart. Like for the first time when they're about to get robbed, they've locked it. Like that's just smart to me. Oh, what's the guy? What's the guy who's like friends? The connection between dog and the weed guys? Plank. Plank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Plank realizes that they never locked the cage. And that's when he tells his boss. I assume it's his boss, right? Yeah. They never locked the cage. So it's super easy. So so it's kind of funny because when uh bacon and his crew are listening in on that conversation i was kind of confused because i was like well why doesn't bacon and his crew just rob the weed dealers i don't think they know where it is and that's the reason because i was like they're making it seem like robbing the weed guys is super easy and then waiting for them to rob the weed guys and then robbing them is like the difficult part but then you're right they're the only ones who knows where the location of the weed is right um and then we meet uh vinnie jones whose name is chris uh there's a couple of cool facts about this from vinnie jones so once i already said this was his first movie um but what i read is on the first day of filming he had just been released from police custody for beating up his neighbor allegedly i don't know allegedly could have been he could have been convicted i don't know and then uh, he said that he was cast because in the script, the the big Chris was described as looking like the English footballer Vinnie Jones. So, like <laughs> Guy Ritchie had like a Vinnie Jones type in mind, and Vinnie Jones was like, "Oh, I got some time." That's hilarious. It's like, oh, oh, I, I <laughs> I'm imagining my character looking like this famous person, and then the person walks in, and you're like, "Shit, you're hired." I don't even care. What, what what's amazing too is he is actually a real like so i think maybe one of his more famous roles now would be like euro trip right and he's just like kind of an over-the-top character in that um but he's actually like really great in this movie like his acting is really great in this it's kind of very subtle for most parts yeah i mean i it's 
when you said he's an ex-football player, it surprised me to hear that because I do think he's a pretty good actor. Yeah. I also I also remember him. One of the first things I saw him in, too, which we've already done was um, Gone in 60 Seconds. Where he plays the guy that doesn't speak for most of the movie. And then he's like super eloquent at the very end. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I'm trying to remember where I like seen him recently, recently. And it's two things that I remember him distinctly from. Uh, I watched a review of the Midnight Meat Train and he's the he's the main character in. Uh, well, he's the I don't know if you call it main character. He's the antagonist of the, the Midnight Meat Train. Um, uh-huh. But where I've seen him first is an X-Men Last Stand. He's the juggernaut, baby. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I probably saw him in that first, too. Um, so after this, we get to the poker game. We've like introduced to Sting. We're introduced to Barry the Baptist, who like hires these basically two fucking idiots to steal these shotguns that his, that his boss wants, which is like, that's a mistake. Why are you hiring it, those guys? That might be my favorite plot line. Just hiring like the worst two possible people for this job. You know they remind me of the the like the Cruella Deville henchmen. <laughs> I would imagine that that would like not surprise me if that was written in the script of like who we're looking for for this. <laughs> the two like what's his where are they Horace and Jasper. Jasper, yeah. I never learned the the idiots in this movie. I never learned their names like throughout. Um, like I still am trying to find them in here in IMDb, and I was like, I don't know. Gary and Serge, maybe I don't know. Um, I know oh, one of them Gary. is Gary. One of them. Is I know Gary's one of them is Gary. Look what they've the- done to my poor Gary. I thought he <laughs> fucking died, dude, when the shotgun blast <laughs> cut his head. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty funny. Well, it's also like foreshadowing because he then does get shotgun blasted, like at the end. Yeah, that's true. Oh no, he gets hatcheted. The oh, other yeah, guy gets that. shotgunned. Mm-hmm. A lot of death. I thought too that they were gonna like kind of. I thought Harry didn't die because they don't show him die. They show him like they show the dude shooting at him, right? But they don't actually show him dead. You and it then, was literally going to be like Pulp Fiction, where it's like all the shots and then they just all miss. Oh well, yeah, it's if you're gonna steal, steal well. Um, so we go to the poker game, and also at this time, like the other guys are at Samoan Joe's, and they run into Rory and like ask him to turn off the TV, and he just turns and looks at him. He's like. Um, the, the card game, I once again have some like math questions about this because it looks like Eddie is winning quite a bit. And if he started with a hundred thousand, it looks like he's winning quite a few hands. Yeah. So let's just say he's up to like 150 and then he has to get loaned like the other a hundred. So that's the 250 that he has to match. But right. then maybe I guess I don't know. Harry might have said like, "Oh no, it's five hundred thousand. I don't know. It's it's weird." Um, but all in all, Harry has just now decided that you owe him five hundred thousand dollars. So I guess it's like you can't even question the math because it's just like this dude will kill you if you don't give him five hundred thousand dollars. What's uh what's Hatchet Harry's um uh muscles name? Barry the Baptist. Barry the Baptist. Such a great character. Such a great voice. Like everything about that dude, I love it. So he was actually a bare knuckle boxer before he got into acting. 
And um, this film, I don't know if you saw it, is actually dedicated to him. He died before it premiered of lung cancer. So he was sick the whole time he was shooting this. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I saw it like, was dedicated to someone. I didn't make the connection. It was him, though. Yeah, so it's very sad. But he um, he is he's so fucking good in that yeah. role. It's like, once again, um, like the guys at the end of the firm were perfect as mafia guys. He's fucking like perfect for this Barry the Baptist role. So it was funny because because Taylor had a had a problem with how uh, the cheating was being done, and I was uh-huh. like, I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, how is if they have like a camera behind Eddie the entire time, um, how is Eddie winning anything at this point, right? Well, like, why isn't he constantly losing? And I go, I don't know. I guess you're right. I, I like, why is it it comes up? And she's like, oh, I get it. It's because. Uh, the Baptist is on the phone with the two idiots trying to like yep. solve their issues or whatever. Um, and during that time, Eddie's winning a bunch of hands. Well, and then also at one point you see Barry the Baptist like hitting the thing, trying to get it to work again. And then he gets it to work and he sees. I mean, it's also just horrible card discipline from Eddie to have it like out like that. You got to bring it in tight so only you can see it you know, to the chest. So he's he's just a little too uh, nonchalant. Um, I love like right after this. <laughs> so basically, Eddie just goes and gets drunk for two days. So now we're down to five days. But the cook, uh, who I guess his name is Soap in this, um, is like, let's just refuse to pay. And Jason Statham is like, do you do you not know who Harry the Hatch is? And then tells a story about how he beat a guy to death with a 15 inch d- black dildo. While this is happening, hold on. While this is happening, it's one of my favorite favorite uh scenes in the movie is they're at a bar where they're telling the story and they all order drinks and they bring them like these fruity pineapple cocktails and jason satham is like what the fuck is this and the the bartender's like it's a cocktail like you asked for he's like he's like you can fall in fall in love with an orangutan in this thing it's like all this like pineapple (laughs) uh, (laughs) topping and stuff like that and he's like, I want a, I want a cocktail. He's like, that is a cocktail. He's like, I thought this was a bar. He's like, it's a Samoan bar. <laughs> it's like, it's like, well, I just want a beer. He's like, we don't serve beer. And he's like, I thought this was a bar. He goes, it is. It's a Samoan bar. I don't know. <laughs> that whole thing is just so funny to me. I think you could do that about like fucking everything. Like the one of my favorite bits is when uh, Tom and Nick the Greek are like haggling over the stereo. And he's like, $100 is $100. And Tom is like, yeah, except it's not when it's $200. <laughs> and one thing I didn't notice is he's like, well, what else do I get? And he hands the him this shit, the shitty red phone. Yeah. And then he's using it later. The whole time, the whole throughout the entire rest of the movie, he's using it. Just shows like what a cheap, like a cheap piece of shit he is. Yeah. Um. So then also at this time, we get the loan sharks are hitting golf balls at this guy. Um, then Plank goes to the weed guys. And this part is like where I think it's a little too telegraphed. But I mean, it happens next. So it's not like that big a deal. But Plank like knocks over a bunch of money. And they're like, oh, why are you, you know, Plank has seen all of our money. It's like just so obvious what's going to happen next. Because there was a scene earlier where Dog is like, Plank's like, why am I only getting this much? And Dog is like, when you come up with the hits, then you'll get paid more. So it's just like all... If if I had like one complaint about this movie is it's too telegraphed and like what's going to happen? It's too like easy to follow. I'll tell you why. Why that's not a problem for me. 
their accents make it so <laughs> fucking hard to understand that I'm glad it is like literally laid out in this black and white thing because if it if it wasn't and I had to get over their accents, I would be totally lost, man. I also love the uh, dildo idea from Tom about like the we have the check paid to one company and then we offer them a refund from this other company that's like a very long offensive name and it's like and who's gonna cash that? at their bank so their bank knows that this is what they're into uh which apparently that idea was like stolen from a book or something but it's fucking great except how great that idea is it would not work today because everything is done online and you can get like anonymously refunded online well this was 98 didn't work that way i know um so then uh we find out that the idiots sold the guns to nick who sold the guns to tom um I like when Vinny Jones goes to Sting. It's a great scene where he's like, you know, your boy uh, fucked up and Harry, Harry wants your bar. He's always wanted your bar. Um, And Sting's like, well, I know how you feel about cursing. So I'll just say this. Tell Harry to go fuck himself. (laughs) Which I love. We didn't even talk about the sons with uh, Vinny Jones and his son in the beginning with the guy who they're getting money from. That's so great. Little Chris Chris in the the tanner. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so good. Um, and Vinny Jones, like, I'm going to take that as shock and I'll give you another chance. I, I love that Sting is just like, you know, I thought, oh, he's going to feel like he's going to lose his bar. And Sting's like, I'm never giving up my bar. Like, fuck, fuck my son. That's his debt. I'm like, it doesn't affect me. Yeah. Um, and then Soap bringing the knives are so fucking funny. He's like, well, why didn't you bring any big knives? And then he pulls out like a machete, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then I think knives are a good idea. Big fuck off shiny ones. It's also like a great line from him. Um, so so back to the plot kind of. Um, so we're getting down to the part where they lost all the money from the poker game game. And they're all thinking, where am I, where are we going to get half a million dollars? Right. Because if they're like every day that they're late on the money, a finger of theirs is going to get cut off by mm-hmm. the Baptist. Um at the request of of Hatchet Harry. So we get to the to the point where they overhear Dog and his crew and they're like I you know Eddie's like I know how to do this. So this starting at this point this is where all the layers are coming together, right? Because at this point um the two dumb um henchmen have stolen the guns uh, okay i have to say another great great line is when uh the baptist is hiring them they're like what's in it for us and he's like it's an old fucking house it's an estate you have antiques he's like what are we gonna do with fucking antiques <laughs> um anyway so the the oh and he's like bad the baptist is walking away and he's like oh those northern idiots and then and then they're like that southern you know whatever uh, I just love all the dialogue in this movie. Sorry. I love I love when the guys are going to steal the guns and he's like, hey, you got to put a mask on. He's like, I just got my hair done. You're fucking an idiot if you think that I'm going to put a stocking over this. And then he <laughs> gets it, it shot it off. Yeah, it looks like, <laughs> yeah, it looks like, uh, I don't even know. Like so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of ready to talk to the robbery, about the robbery. Um, I lo- like, so they go in and for the first time the cage is locked. Yeah. And then Plank pulls out the gun on this guy and he just immediately faints. And I, I love too that they shoot off, they're like threatening to shoot off his foot. They do it and you don't even get to see it until later on when other people come and his foot's just like fucking missing almost. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then they're like the rest of the weed guys are hiding up in the rafters. It's an airsoft gun, basically. Yeah, like a BB gun, <laughs> like a high-powered BB gun, and it's just shooting them in the neck. Although I have to say, uh, growing up, a lot of my uh, my buddies around the neighborhood had BB guns. Yeah, uh, like with the not plastic, but like the metal. Oh, the metal ones. Yeah. And like my biggest fear is getting shot in the eye or shot in the neck uh, and just fucking bleeding out or losing an eye. Um, but yeah, Plank was shot in the neck and he's just continuously bleeding. And you just uh, have an artery like shot in your neck. and You're just having to hold it. I already have one missing, man. I can't afford <laughs> them hitting the other one. Um, no, but so, yeah. And so. Uh, they're being shot like they're being mildly inconvenienced by this BB gun <laughs> shot in the neck, shot in the arm. He's like, oh, that stings. And then um, what I love is there's this running joke that um, what's his name? W- Willie, the tall, lanky one. H- right. Harry. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's Harry. He brings a girl in that's like half conscious and no one no one really pays her any mind because she's so quiet and she blends in with the furniture. Right. I think it's Willie. Willie, Willie, yeah. And so um, there's this moment where they're threatening uh, that they're going to shoot his foot off unless they not only, hey, listen, come down, open the cage, let us in, but also how many people do you have and you better not lie to us. He's like, it's only the three of us. And then you find out that the girl is up there and the girl basically kills them all but i'm thinking wow they risked they risked it by lying about her but then it occurred to me it's like they even forgot that she was there she was the fifth person they lied about uh willie i think because they oh, had al- that they right. had already lied to plank when plank came because willie was the one that let him in willie or winston who fuck cares i think it's willie no yeah winston's the main drug guy but they had already lied that Willie wasn't there because he was kind of Plank's connection to get in and they didn't want Plank to get in. So Plank was like, yeah, yeah, they're, he's not here. Um, my favorite line from all this too is like, they're getting shot with the aerosol guns and Dog is like, would you all quit getting shot? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they bring out the real big fucking gun. Yeah, which is a nice, like she just starts shooting everything. I like that. I mean, obviously... I, I like that instead of like killing her afterwards, he just kind of punches her and knocks her out. Is like it's like you know he has to do something to her, but he was like kind of nice about it in the as as nice as he could be because she just killed one of his dudes. But um, the traffic warden that shows up is uh I don't know if you recognize. Have you seen the movie The Trip? Uh no. So it's uh, Rob Brydon plays the traffic cop, which I did not recognize him the first time i watched it because i had not seen the trip i mean he's obviously i think fairly famous over there but that's what i know him from um and then so then our four main guys steal this money back and as it happens i was like oh that was fairly easy and i you know i didn't remember much from this movie so it was kind of almost the first watch for me again um i was like that was you know that was too easy and it's funny is things kind of keep coming up for the rest of the movie, but it all feels too easy. Like the whole time, you know what I mean? It's like, everything sort of works out after the poker game for the yeah, most yeah, yeah. part. No, no, it's like, it's like convenient, right? It's yeah. like, okay, so we're going to steal there, there and there. And it's like, it just so happens that dogsman comes in at the same time that all of, um, 
uh, who's who's they're they're stealing weed from a guy but then selling it back to him what's his name uh rory 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 Breaker. right so rory's guys go all in at the same time dogsman goes all in and they mistaken each other for the opposed you know for for our four main guys and so there's just a giant shootout and everyone dies and th- like that part is really convenient for our main characters well, I think one thing that the movie does good that I didn't catch on to is so the the drug guys are talking about how they have a backer, but they don't really mention who it is. And then Nick has started talking to Rory about giving him a sample and they've talked about a price. And then when uh, when he brings Rory the sample, Rory's like, take it to the chemist. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like that's when everything sort of comes together. So they f- realize they've been robbed, and you see the one guy with his foot just shot off, like sitting on the ground. Um, as soon as as soon as Rory says, "Take it to the chemist," Taylor and I look at each other, and she goes, "I wonder who they are." <laughs> I bet she saw that from the beginning, did she? Uh, um, so then after that, you have our main guys that are just getting drunk at a bar the whole time, as like all of this shit is happening. Nick the Greek is like leaving town. Rory like dog has already discovered like the money of their next door neighbors. It's funny. Like all these lines where he's like, they're oh, looking for it. Don't even get me started about how the two idiot. Wait. So they never delivered the, the, the shotguns to Harry. They sold them to Nick. They sold I, them to Nick. I missed that sold part. them to Tom. Yeah. Well, yeah, they sold them to Nick who sold them to Tom. Um, but why didn't they give them to Harry? Cause they were hired to give them to Harry. They didn't know. They said all Barry gave them the instructions of all the guns in the cabinet. So they gave all the guns in the cabinet to Harry. The other rifles were being held by the guy that shot at them. The old guy, like the butler guy. Oh. So it was really bad instructions on Barry the Baptist's part, honestly. Seriously. Um, Yeah. So so those two guns had had to be had to have been bought back. It's like seven hundred uh quid or pounds or whatever they deal with um uh for the both of them right so it's like 350 each and then you find out later they're they're worth like two hundred thousand dollars yep um i like the lines too like Roy and nick the greek he's like your stupidity might be your saving grace because i know if you knew this was my stuff like you wouldn't have done this um uh, the scene before where Nick the Greek breaks the table with his glass was <laughs> yeah. it was just an accident that they kept in the movie, so it wasn't like it wasn't intentional. Um, which I but think the is the second very funny. part where he puts it down again and there's no glass. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also like that it's kind of almost a little too cute, but he's like, "You guys couldn't," you know. Dog is talking to all his people and they haven't been able to find him yet, and he's like, "You couldn't find him if they're the next door fucking neighbors." And like earlier, Eddie had said, oh, next door, we're the next door neighbors. It's the last place to look. And so then he throws Plank through a wall and, you know, Plank sees it. And then that kind of sets up basically the ending, right? Dog is at the guy's place. They're at a bar. Rory is heading over with his men. Um, And I like the shootouts very funny. So basically everyone's dead. And Rory, once again, has come out unscathed. And the chemist is there, too. And then Rory turns Plank over and they kill each other. And then the chemist runs out. But I love the dog stuff with Harry and, and Vinnie Jones. So Vinnie Jones headbutts him and takes the guns and the and the money. Yeah. And then the, the guys show up with no one else there. And they're like, shit, our money's gone. So they're like freaking out. But then Vinnie takes it to Harry and is like, yep, this is the money they would have given you. And he's like, oh, so 
well, then why'd you take it? And he's like, you know, you can never be too careful. So it's like the guys don't realize it, but their debt has been paid off because right. of the way Vinnie Jones has told Harry. Yeah. That like, yeah, this is the money they were going to give you. It's all there. Like their debt is paid. The the only and I love all this. The only part of that whole thing that I had a problem with is dog throwing plank through the through the plaster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, too convenient. Too very convenient. convenient. I wish there were, there was some other little like dodgy way that happened, but whatever. Um, and then and then the guys roll up. Well, so yeah, so they're that. Well, Harry, uh, Eddie, and the guys call Harry, and Harry's like, "Yeah, you've been paid, but I want to know where the fuck you got these rifles." And so they're heading over, but then the idiots go to rob Harry of the guns that they're supposed to give to Harry, which is yeah. just the whole like that's a hilarious way for that. They're end. following Vinny. They're following Big Chris because they yeah. know that he has the guns, but they don't know that they're working for the same guys that they're working with. So they're just. <laughs> Wanting to steal back from the guy that they're hired to. Oh, fuck, dude. So then uh, they go in and they basically everyone dies from that. And Vinny goes back to his car and dog is holding a knife to little Chris's throat. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he, you know, it's funny. So the guys have gone in. They uh, Eddie comes back out with 500,000. He's just like, I think we're in the clear as like Vinnie Jones's car hits the back. And I read that um, Guy Ritchie told Vinnie Jones to just like, just go as crazy as you want with this scene. And like, apparently like the cameramen were all kind of like fucking scared about it. Cause for the most part, he doesn't do stuff like this in the movie. He's very like calm and reserved. But when you watch that scene, if it comes out of nowhere, you're like, Holy fuck, this guy's crazy. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I loved it. it. Is. And then I thought if we saw the body, like we saw the head, how brutal that would look. And I'm glad wouldn't we even, there would be no head. No, there's actually a really similar scene. Um, I know you don't watch the like the Netflix Marvel shows, but there's a similar scene in Daredevil where Kingpin loses it and he smashes the guy's head in uh, with the car door. And you see it, actually. And yeah, you're right. After that, there is no head. So... Vinny goes back in after finding the money. I like how he 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 goes to check if Eddie's all right, and then he sees the money. He's like, "Oh, you cheeky bastards!" And then, like, although he probably doesn't say bastards because he doesn't swear, but he goes inside and um and sees Tom there with the guns, and they kind of just look at each other and like Vinny's about to pull out like a knife, I think, to throw at him or maybe a weapon. I don't know. And um, they basically just have an understanding of like, "All right, you have the money. I'll have the guns." Um. And then they sort of go their separate ways. One cool thing I read um, when Vinnie Jones takes the money and the guns to Harry, Harry's holding the guns and he's like, oh, do you want to hold it to Vinnie Jones? And he's like, ah, better not. And apparently the reason that's in there is because Harry wants Vinnie Jones fingerprints on the gun so that maybe eventually he can kind of like if they don't need him anymore can like kind of get him hit for a crime you know what i mean like they can use the guns in some way and like they'd be tied back to him um i don't know if that's like just someone's like fan theory or what but it's kind of interesting it sort of makes sense Hmm. um and then i I love the ending about this it's kind of can it's kind of convenient just to have like this funny ending right so they tell tom hey throw away the guns those are the only things that tie us to it and then (laughs) and then vinnie jones comes in he's like 
hey, you know, um, I want to take this back because it's yours, you know, um, but I'm out of a job. So I took some of it for me, um, for me and my son to set us up. And then he's got like a new car outside. But when you open the bag, there's nothing in it, right? And I guess maybe that what he is giving him is like, hey, those guns are worth a lot of money. You probably don't right. know that. Right. Um, and then like they start trying to call Tom as he throws the guns and like he misses the water and like, he puts the phone in his mouth because he can't hold it and the lamppost as he's trying to knock mm-hmm. the guns into the water. And then he's receiving the call and it's the perfect like freeze frame ending. Yeah, it's it's awesome. No, I I walked away from this movie feeling <laughs> really good about everything that happened. Like, I feel like everyone there's a moment where Rory goes in to like check the um the massacre that happened between his men and dog's men and there's this great thing where i think his plank is still alive and he has a gun um pulled up already on rory and rory already has the gun pulled on him and all you hear is the two simultaneous shots going off and they're just both dead and it's just like everything takes care of itself and i think what as dog is leaving right or right. as who's carrying the the bag um dogs carrying the bag but then winston the drug guys carrying another bag out too i think like some okay, of the drugs so it's winston then yeah so winston and he just got away scot-free i guess he did didn't he but now he doesn't have like a main guy he's just like the chemist so he doesn't have the guy that sells it so he's in a he's got to find someone new to work with but yeah, I feel like I feel like it was a good ending because it was like uh, Eddie, I guess you would call Eddie our main main character out of all the four guys. But um, Eddie doesn't die. And basically, he doesn't get anything with it. But he's still alive at the end, which is really all you can ask, you know, so all, in the, all you yeah. can ask for. So in the end, they either basically just lost their initial twenty five thousand dollar investment, which would suck, or they made what uh would be so if they made 150 divided by four that's like 25 37.5 or something like that a piece where you get 150 off the guns yeah they thought there were 250,000 for the two guns so it's it's said between 200 and 300 they were appraised between 200 and 300,000 but i it didn't make it obvious to me if it was each or for both guns yeah, I don't know. I thought it was for both, but it doesn't matter. But anyway, yeah, either they kind of lost a little bit, which sucks, or they made a little bit. Of, they made basically the profit they thought they would have made off the poker game originally if they get the guns. So it's almost like a wash, like nothing happened. It's like either they lost or everything worked out like the way they thought it would in the in the end. Um, one final thing I want to say before we go is I read this story, which is pretty cool. Um, so one of the executive producers, Trudy Styler, um, she like this movie was having trouble getting distribution. And so she called an acquaintance of hers to help them get distribution. And that was Tom Cruise. I knew it. I knew it was going to be Tom Cruise. I was like, <laughs> who's it going to be Tom Cruise? I should have said it. Fuck. So he apparently <laughs> attended a screening. I knew it was of- going to be Tom Cruise. <laughs> so he, it. as the story goes, he attended a screening of the movie and he like walks in there with a bunch of other executives. And when they see Tom Cruise walk in, they're like, oh, what the fuck? And then they play the movie. And after the movie ends, he apparently stands up and says, this is the best movie I've seen in years. 
you guys would be fools not to buy it. And when I read that exact quote, I was like, I can see Tom, like Tom Cruise saying fools, like you guys would be fools not to buy it. Like it, that part in, made it ring his, true to me. In his Jerry Maguire impression. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we owe Guy Ritchie owes his career and we owe like all of these like London gangster movies to Tom Cruise. So thank you again, Tom Cruise. Um, um as you know, I we we talked a lot about the plot, and you know, we already kind of you and I talked about how great the dialogue is through this entire film, but we didn't want to spend too long picking out every line. I'm just gonna and and I I love the movie as a whole, um, but I'm just gonna leave my part to this. The f- funniest fucking thing in this movie is how much they rag on fat man <laughs> he's and like the skinniest guy in the movie they just keep going what a what a complex they give this dude and <laughs> and from like walking to the grocery store and being like oh my god what have you eaten to like <laughs> i me bacon and eddie are gonna go this way and fat man you go this way. And, then, and then he's just like wait who's fat man it's like, I don't understand. I agree. Yeah, that is like the, the commitment to that joke. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Barrels.